fright, holy fright, the hat man is a sight <laughs> in your doorway with trilby in tow. Some people think that he comes from below. Jesus Christ on a bike. Jesus Christ on a bike. Hello and welcome to day three of the 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Did you enjoy it though? Full song. <laughs> I just came up with it when I was upstairs and I thought, you know what, mm. the people deserve. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether it might be better to go back to uh, on the third day of Christmas next time, maybe. Nah, next time we're having a whole new one. Okay. There's going to be a new Christmas carol every episode from now on. I don't even know if I know 12 Christmas carols, but... We're just going to, we'll try it and see. I think you should branch out into pop songs as well. So you should have a bit of Last Christmas and ruin Whamageddon for everybody. Good thinking. (laughs) That's a really good idea. I'll keep that in mind. Are you ready for some spooky stories today? Never ready. Story number one is Anonymous. This story comes from when I was a little girl. I was with my grandmother and my mother in my grandmother's kitchen. We were simply talking, probably baking, having a good afternoon with just the three of us. There was no television noise or radio noise, no open doors, no other children around outside or anywhere near the house. All of a sudden we hear two female voices giggling as clear as day. It cut through our conversation and made us pause to look around. It sounded as if they had come from the living room which was directly connected to the kitchen and small dining area. I do not remember reacting badly, only that I thought it was odd that sounds should come from nowhere. My grandmother pegged the laughter as belonging to angels and we went about our day, and I never got another explanation. Grandma, I'm with you. Let's just go with angels, because everything else is far too sinister. Yes, it is, and I love when adults in the lives of children paint these things in a positive light, because who knows, they might be positive. You know, it might have been angels. Who are we to say? (laughs) You know, so well done, Grandma, for having the wherewithal to go. It's just angels. But I wonder, was Grandmother and Mother secretly going, what the fuck? Oh, they 100% had their own adult conversation out of earshot later on about that. 100%. Absolutely panicked about what they'd heard. Undoubtedly. (laughs) And our second story today comes from Sydney. In my hometown, there is a library that everyone goes to. And it has grown from a small two-storey building to multiple rooms for programmes and kid areas added on, and more coming. It was built almost 100 years ago in 1927, and with its age comes three ghost stories and many visitors. Two we know who they are, and the third is unknown. The first two are old managers of the library, one being a building manager who helped with the construction of the original building, I'm not 100% sure if I'm allowed to say how they died. It's a bit touchy with some of the current librarians and I don't want to disrespect them. And the other is another building manager who worked in the building early on. Both of them are said to keep an eye on the building, making sure everything is okay like they did when they were alive. The third one is a little more interesting. The people who've seen or heard her have all said the same thing. A woman with long black hair and a white dress who looks out the window or goes through the book aisle asking for help from the volunteers and librarians. Some people have said that they see her looking out the window just staring out. 
Some believe her to be murdered and dumped in the swamp behind the parking lot. I personally think she had a deep connection with the building and just couldn't leave. There are also many visitors that come over from a cemetery across the street and some video evidence given to me by one of the librarians. My own experience with them honestly made me cry. It scared me, even if they didn't mean to. I was in the main programme room, and in the corner is a walk-in closet where they keep the chairs and extra tables. After all the kids left and we started to clean, I noticed it was open when it wasn't earlier. I kept looking, jokingly believing a hand or face would pop out. Someone came over and opened the door making sure no kids were hiding inside. We joked together about someone popping out and they shut the door. When walking away the door opened and closed by itself, scaring me to the point that I started crying. A little childish but I've never had any paranormal activity and I wasn't comfortable with it. People looked at me confused and asked if I was okay and I tried explaining what it was but I couldn't until I calmed down a bit. They went to the door claiming it was a draft and we tried to recreate what I saw, not believing it was a ghost or a spirit. I know what I saw and it wasn't a draft. Can I just say before you interject with anything, I don't think that level level of emotionality, if that's a word, is childish when it comes to stuff like this. I no. still tear up when I tell my ghost story because it freaked me out so much. Yeah. I think it's a normal reaction to burst into tears when something that you can't explain happens. I think that's fair, isn't it? Because all of these experiences are personal. And, you know, as my mum always says, what you, your feelings are your feelings. And they're nobody else's. So if you feel that way, then it's genuine, children. <laughs> I think I'd like to haunt a library or a cinema because I feel like it would give you something to do in the afterlife. When things got a little bit boring, you could read a book or watch a film. I think... We've established from watching the Heathers this week that the afterlife is very boring. Mm. The main Heather yep. goes comes back from the afterlife and talks about how boring it is. Yep. A lot of kumbaya, she says. So maybe a library or a cinema would be the best. I mean, I'd, would you ever get through all the books in a library? No, and I think that's, well, I don't know. An eternity is a long time, isn't it? It is a long time. Do you remember that Twilight Zone we watched where uh, <laughs> the guys, he all he wants to do is read and the end of the world happens and he realizes that he's alone with all the books and his glasses break yeah oh that was a good one that was a good one i I thought you were asleep during that no i watched it the lady ghost um is the one that intrigues me most out of these because i kind of understand the building managers because i feel like you know if they cared about it and that was what they were into makes sense that they'd still be knocking about just keeping an eye on the place who is that lady why does she look wistfully out the window waiting for her husband to return from the sea Maybe she's not a ghost. Maybe she's a real lady who's recreating the heroine of all of those uh, Victorian novels. Yeah. You know, that kind of Wuthering Heights, <laughs> maudlin, staring out across the moors. I know we've said this Kate before. Kate Bush kind of vibe. I know we've said this before for other stories, but imagine it was just a genuine woman. She's like, why are these people just so weird around me? I just want someone to tell me where Wuthering Heights is. Come on. <laughs> And our third story today comes from Millie. The house I lived in between the ages of 12 and 18 had a poltergeist. It was a farmhouse built in 1667, a mile out of the local village and half a mile off the road. It was bought as a ruin by my father's parents in the 60s and they restored it over many years. 
My first memory of the house being spooky was when I was six. We had a family gathering and in the afternoon I was put down for a nap in one of the bedrooms. I felt uneasy and scared, but at six I couldn't explain it. All I knew was that I wanted to go home. In the summer of 1995, we moved into the main house to help look after my grandparents while they moved into the annexed cottage. The first night we were there, I felt the same way I did when I was six, and my new bedroom was the same room that I'd had that nap in. I was terrified, but there wasn't a clear reason why. I asked my mum to keep the door open and all the lights on. This was unheard of for me as I have to be in a pitch black room to sleep, and that feeling of being terrified only got worse. I started to feel that I was being watched all of the time. I would be playing in the garden with my sister and would be drawn to look at the windows in the attic. I would not have been surprised to find someone looking out of the windows. Or I'd be in the sitting room and would turn to look at the door at the bottom of the stairs. Again, I would not have been shocked if someone had been looking at me through the gap at the top of the door. The room underneath my bedroom was referred to as the hall. The family computer was in there, as was my piano. I spent quite a bit of time in there doing homework or piano practice. There was one particular corner that I didn't like, and I would find myself turning to look at it regularly, expecting someone to be there. I could not be in this room alone after dark. This feeling of being watched became normal, and I didn't tell anyone or question it as I just thought it was me. The attic was massive, and was accessed by a spiral staircase. If mum ever asked me to go up and get something, I would cry in fear but not understand why. When I was around 14, things changed. Every night when I went to bed, I would turn off the light and feel that if I opened my eyes, there would be someone stood at the end of my bed. For years, I wouldn't open my eyes unless the lights were on. I would also hear things rolling across the floorboards in my room most nights. When I turned the light on, there wouldn't be anything on the floor. As soon as the light was off, the noise would return. I would sometimes listen to music at night to help distract me. And when I did, I would wake up in the morning to find the earbuds had been removed from my headphones. My mum told me it was mice. But they weren't nibbled off. They were cut. One day in 2000, while revising for my GCSEs, I was sitting in my room and I heard a thud. I looked up and glanced around the room a pile of heavy lever arch files that had been on top of my bookcase for months had apparently travelled 17 feet across the room and settled on the floor by the door, still stacked on top of each other. I couldn't process it, so I just ignored it. I then heard a number of taps. I looked up from my textbook to see a pile of cassette tapes moving one at a time from the top of a speaker to the floor and restacking perfectly. This I could not deal with, so I ran. I arrived in the kitchen to find my mum. She asked what was wrong, as I, in her words, looked like I'd seen a ghost. I explained what had happened and she reluctantly admitted that she thought we had a ghost. She hadn't mentioned anything so as not to scare me, not realising that I too had been experiencing things for four years. At this point, there was an almighty crash from the hall. My mum had a friend over so the three of us ran to the other end of the house to find a large gilt framed mirror which was approximately three by four foot had lifted up off the floor, moved over a large Sony music system and had been flung against the opposite wall many feet away. 
As we had now openly talked about the ghost and acknowledged it, we started experiencing more activities, such as footsteps heard on wood when the floors were carpeted, doors opening and closing, various items moving or disappearing, seeing movement in peripheral vision, the constant feeling of not being alone, and TV and radio volumes moving on their own. Someone in the village did some digging into the history of the area and discovered that supposedly a young girl who lived in the house in the 1600s hung herself in the attic and was buried somewhere on the property. We believe that this was the ghost. When my mum approached my grandfather about this, he confirmed that the house was haunted and that they had experienced ornaments moving, his wallet disappearing, only to be found in the middle of the dining room table with all the cash and cards laid out in a perfect line and the fire grate rattling. But nothing as scary as what we experienced. We had started a lot of renovation when we moved in and we think this resulted in the increased unpleasant activity. The house was not welcoming. Mum and I would dread going home because we felt as if we weren't wanted. I would be beside myself with fear if I was left home alone with my younger sister in the evenings, as I didn't know what was going to happen. We got to the point where we couldn't handle the oppressive and vengeful atmosphere anymore and we called in the vicar who I think performed a blessing on the house, merely to humour us. After that, the activity stopped, and we sold the house. My dad flatly refused to acknowledge anything, but mum and I wouldn't stay there. The house had an empty feeling following its departure. My mum had many experiences, but neither was ever so a figure. It was just an atmosphere and things moving. I'm not sure how I would have reacted to seeing someone. We still own a converted barn on the property, but I was so traumatised by my experiences that I've only recently visited for the first time in nearly 20 years. That's a full-on poltergeist stuff, isn't it? That's some really powerful stuff going on there. That story gave me such heebie-jeebies. The bit where all this stuff is still stacked up. Yeah. And then all the tape cassettes move and stack themselves back. Yeah. Oh. It's a bit beyond the... I want to say... Beauty and the Beast, but I feel like it's Cinderella, where all the washing up stacks itself up. I think it's Cinderella. Yeah, it's a bit beyond that, isn't it? It's not quite as friendly. It's a bit... No, and also not quite as useful. No. You know, if it, if that was you, you who has a very particular order for how all your DVDs are stacked... I'd be raging as well as being freaked out. Yeah, and some poltergeist came along and moved all the order. Oof. Oh, there'd be, there'd be hell to pay. There'd be war. I mean, it just is testament to how freaky it is that she hasn't been back there i think that is that's a lot isn't it like mm. 20 years to be yep. so, but i do understand why you would be so traumatized of course you'd be terrified to be at home alone you have seen something that completely defies everything you've ever known about the world yeah i would be traumatized to go back yeah. there as well and that's just it's that feeling the way that they describe the feeling of being watched and the general unease of being there just adds to it doesn't it like even without the poltergeist stuff it's still not nice it's oppressive. And our fourth story today comes from Juliana. This house is an old Victorian historical house that is from 1893 and was the postmaster's home. We bought this house after it was foreclosed in 2017 and started fixing it up shortly after as my mother called this her dream home and wanted to move in as soon as possible. The house has three floors with the top floor having two rooms a bathroom and a large open sitting space. In spring 2017, 
before moving in, I started painting my room and constantly felt as though I was being watched, no matter what part of the room I moved to. I felt as though someone was constantly behind me. Each time I turned around and nothing was there. I was just always left with such an eerie feeling. In summer 2017, after the spring semester of college ended, I moved back home for the summer, and this was when I had my first encounter. I noticed that I was constantly feeling uneasy when going up the stairs, as I thought I was being followed up to my floor, but passed it off as me being creeped out because it's an old house. I would lay in bed and constantly watch the movement outside of my bedroom door through the crack in the light, as though people were going in and out of my mother's workroom and past my door. Again, I dismissed this, as though maybe I was moving my head ever so slightly causing the light to shift. You make up weird excuses with stuff like this, because I knew nobody but myself was on this entire floor at night. So one night I go to sleep, and I wake up on my stomach with my face turned out towards my room. As soon as I open my eyes, I am met with an old woman crouched down to be face to face with me. I immediately close my eyes only to hear her say, It's okay, I'll wait. I then woke up for real in the exact same position, too terrified to move. I told my mother about the dream and she makes a face but dismisses it. I was convinced that this old woman had at one point lived in my room. A few nights later I had another dream. In this one I was in my room and I saw a dark shadowy man's figure and I was so scared that I rushed to my brother's room and laid in the extra bed once again. Still in the same dream, I am awoken by my mother. As my mother sat down on the bed next to me, my brother sat straight up and told me I am going to die a fiery death and starts to have a seizure. I then woke up from my dream within a dream and am once again stunned that this dream has occurred. I should now mention that I have never had dreams of the current house that I live in. Every time I had a dream to do with the house, it has been a house I've never been in or one I lived in previously, but never one that I currently resided in, so this really shook me up. Towards the end of the summer or the fall, I have yet another dream, that I've just walked through my front door and I'm greeted by a man and his wife. This wife was standing almost all the way behind the man, and so I only really saw her peeking out from behind him. They were both kind and spoke to me about the woman. They explained how she previously lived in the house and she wanted to speak to me. I followed them through the house and up to my room to find her waiting there for me with a dark shadowy figure that was child-sized right next to her. The couple then joined her, and I was now facing four ghosts. She told me that I should not be afraid of her as this was her room. When I had spoken to her and calmed myself down, I was turning to leave, and I watched her kick the child's shadowy figure and the child crumpled down. After I had the dream about the couple and the child, I set myself on a mission to find them. I was unsuccessful finding the child, but while looking into the town's history, I found a picture of the woman, and she owned a farm a few blocks away from my house. During this time, my younger brother, who was 10 at the time, would be in his video game room and constantly complain that there was a young girl who was watching him play. We dismissed him, because both my mother and I were convinced that he was making this up to have his own ghost stories, since by this point he had surely heard my mom and I talking about our occurrences. 
My mother at this point had told me that she had also seen shadows and figures moving around the house, as well as hearing unexplained footsteps. The child, I believe, is a young girl, and since having that dream and my brother mentioning her, we have now all seen her. She hangs out in the landing by his game room and will follow people up the stairs to my floor. She's completely harmless, and we believe that she just wants to play and be around people. In the winter of 2017 to spring 2018, things had calmed down, and we had gotten more used to the individuals who live in the house. My mother pulled me aside one morning to tell me of a dream she had. In this dream, she stated that she was walking around and blessing the house, and that she was standing on our kitchen counter surrounded by a sea of ghosts, with an old woman as the leader, and the old woman laughed at her, telling her that it does nothing and that they're all still here and how silly she was for believing that that would do anything. My mother decided to let me in on a little fact when she had had the dream. There was an old lady who had lived in the house at one point. Up until then, I was able to dismiss it as me having an overactive imagination. But when she described her and how she appeared in her dream, I knew that we had dreamt of the same woman During the period of summer 2018 to spring 2019, a few things happened. We had a fan that was off, turned back on by itself. My mother and myself had walked past my mother's workroom with its closed door and into my room, and then once we left my room, the door was wide open. I had walked halfway up a flight of stairs and leaned over it to talk to my family who were on the sofas and saw a man standing below me. My mother saw the young girl staring back at her on my stair landing. Smaller stuff that was startling, but we were able to pass it off as odd. Nothing truly terrifying. During the summer of 2019, I went to Europe for vacation by myself while my family stayed behind. Once I got back, there was a few days overlap before my mother left with my younger brother to Europe, leaving only myself and my stepfather, who worked until 3am each night. Before she left... She told me of how while I was gone, we had a new presence appear in the house, and how this one was the first that truly felt evil in nature. She explained how one night she woke out of a heavy sleep to the feeling of dread, and how she felt that presence in the corner of the room watching her sleep. After a few minutes, the feeling and presence left, and she was able to calm down enough to try and get back to sleep, only to hear my brother knocking at her door. He came into her room telling her how he felt someone watching him sleep and it didn't feel like anyone good. He slept in her room that night, as he was too freaked out to go back to his. This is not the first time he has claimed that someone watches him sleep. He frequently says that someone stands in his room and watches him sleep. I really thought nothing of their story and tried to pass it off. Two nights into them being gone, and myself being home alone, I started to get the heebie-jeebies and would go straight into my room after getting home from work. On the third day of being home alone, I had a nightmare that I cannot for the life of me remember anymore. I just remember it being extremely vivid and being terrified when I woke up. The very next night, I had a dream that I remember every detail of, as though it happened. It was that my brother and mother were away on their vacation, and that they both passed away due to an extremely sudden illness that was plaguing the country they were visiting. It then turned into my stepfather and I walking into a restaurant that was a halfway point for the dead to meet with the living. I was then able to talk to my brother who had died. I woke up sobbing 
Now again, I can pass this off as being nothing, as I usually have extremely vivid dreams and can remember them when I wake up. The next day I just felt spooked walking around my house as though I was being watched, and not by any of the ghosts that I'd previously encountered. I finally had enough, and got ballsy enough to say something to him. I got to my room, and sat on my bed, and kindly explained to him that he was scaring me, and that I do not mind if he stays, but that it's not okay to make me feel the way that he was making me feel. I didn't end up feeling him anymore after that. So I guess he respected what I said. The night of January the 20th into January the 21st, I had a bizarre dream. I only know the date because I immediately woke up and put it in a note on my phone. It started off with my mother and I in my bedroom, and then I turned to walk out of my room passing her workroom, which has the door half open. I saw someone standing with their back towards the door inside of the room and realised I was seeing a ghost and that I needed my mother to come look at it as well. I went back into my room and tried to whisper her to come and look but she could not hear me and I did not want to raise my voice any louder in fear of scaring this ghost away. I walked out of my room to go see her again and my brother was standing in the doorway looking at her. She then turned around and told us that she saw something private. This woman was in scrubs decorated with pins with a first name, nickname, last name combo stitched onto her scrubs. I don't remember her first or last name, just her nickname, which was Greeny. My brother and I were fascinated at this ghost and thrilled that she was willing to talk to us, and she proceeded to tell us a story of how she'd undergone a double mastectomy because of breast cancer. She went further into detail to explain how the first sign was it affected her judgement. I got sidetracked and asked if it was her in my first dream telling me that she would wait. And she said yes. And I felt so relieved to not have to be scared anymore. Then I think I asked a few more things and we sat down against the walls. She said a few more details about her life and started to get emotional so I tried to distract her. And I asked her if there was anyone else in the house with us. Or with her that we should know about. Her face got kind of afraid and sad at the same time and she said her daughter-in-law Heather is here. Then next to me I see someone but I get a feeling of dread and I'm afraid to look. When I finally do, it's a woman with a large stature and long, dark red dreadlocks. All she said was that Greeny had been giving away her things, and then I woke up. Over the past few weeks in February 2020, whenever I'm walking, either to the bathroom or to my room on my floor, I feel as though I'm being followed. I feel this so strongly that I close the door immediately behind me so I do not have to turn around and see them behind me. I try to play anything that happens off in the hopes that maybe it's a deceased loved one checking up on me and not somebody else. In the past two weeks, each time I am in bed, I catch movement out of the corner of my eye as though something is happening around me. What I can make out is that it seems to be a young girl, but not the same girl who bugs my brother in the game room and follows us up the stairs. In my experience, each ghost has its own feeling. Some may be scary, some just appear, but they all have their own vibe. This presence is a bit odd, as it doesn't make me nervous as many of the others do, so I've just kind of ignored it. It's not harming me or making me feel nervous, so why bother it? I finally mentioned that I keep seeing the movement of a young girl, but that it's the other girl. My mother is quick to tell me that she was working in her office earlier that day, and while she was working, she kept feeling as though she was being watched, but that it didn't frighten her. 
To sum it up nicely, we truly believe the house is haunted and that it must be some sort of pass through as the ghosts seem to come and go. Yes, I know most of my encounters that are extremely vivid are in dreams and that makes it easy to pass off. But please understand that these are only my most recent encounters and that I do not suffer from night terrors or sleep paralysis. I've seen things from the time I was little, ranging from when I was younger than first grade here in the US, a time in which I would wake up to a group of people lined up perfectly in front of my closet doors in my childhood home. In this house I would also wake up screaming because I could feel people touching me, as though they were grabbing at my legs and arms while I slept, enough to wake me up. In the first grade we moved into a new home and I would see and hear a child and then my brother's hamster would escape its cage. To a third house and being 16 and watching my stepfather's grandmother walk down our hallway and into my brother's rooms check on him sleeping. After seeing her walk down the hall I never slept my door open again so seeing and noticing ghosts is not something that I would consider myself to be new with. I am so grateful that I am not intuitive. I couldn't handle all that stuff going on. I just wouldn't be able for it at all. Like, imagine seeing a queue of people in front of your wardrobe. As a child? Yeah. Or having a little girl watch you play video games. I mean, that was essentially what my brother did when I was a kid, but, you know. But he's also not a ghost. That's true. He is actually real. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've met him. He's 100% a real person. Not a ghost. Don't think that's comparable. I do agree with Juliana's theory that it's some kind of... I don't want to say portal because it sounds a bit airy-fairy, Zach Bagan-ish. But like, the veil's a bit thinner there. But remember we did the story about Hale Fanag weeks ago. Mm. There was a point at the end of that story where this spiritualist, no, I don't remember what he was, like a healer person came in and he said, I've healed it, but at the moment this house is going to be like a beacon, like a pass-through. And you're going to see loads of weird shit. And they kept seeing all these like spirits pass through into the garden. For weeks afterwards, and then it all stopped eventually. So, who are we to say? Yeah, it's, uh, it's eerie. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can send us your own spooky story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. That is patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.